So welcome to this, our latest podcast from the London chapter of PLUS, the London market's USP and why it's as important today as it's ever been. Before we get started, I would like to remind everybody that the information and opinions expressed by our speakers today are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of their employers or of PLUS. The contents of these materials may not be relied upon as legal advice. So I'm Max Carter, I'm the CEO of Lloyd's Broker New Dawn Risk. And today I'm going to explore, uh, be exploring what exactly is the London market's USP. I'm going to be helped with unpicking this idea of how London's US, of London's USP by three market colleagues, um, and in fact, old friends. Uh, I'm joined by Zena Syed and Matthew Jenkins, both from the underwriting side of the business. Zena writes specialty business at HDI Global Specialty in London, and Matthew is the class underwriter for North American Professional Liability at Brit Syndicate. I'm also joined by Eric Fowler, who is a management liability broker from Marsh, London. Together, we all sit on the PLUS London Chapter Committee. The London market is a place where deals get done face-to-face where everyone you might want to access is located within a 10 minute walk and where enduring personal relationships are forged over pints of beer in the Lamb pub and steak and kidney pie in Simpsons, as any of our American counterparts who visited over the past 30 years will be able to attest to. Lloyd's has a reputation that has been built on 330 years of trading. In reality, its reputation in the US market is more based on its 20th century track record rather than the 18th and 19th centuries. Specifically, its modern reputation was built on foundations established after the 1906 San Francisco earthquake and fires, when Lloyd's agents walked the rubble-strewn streets of Knob Hill and the Mission District handing out checks to their policyholders within days of the disaster and with no questions asked. Over the course of the following 115 years, the London market earned a reputation for agility and innovation. The first DNO policy was underwritten in Lloyd's in the 1930s. Betty Grable's legs were famously insured for Lloyd, in Lloyd's for a million dollars each in the 1940s. And in 1965, Lloyd's helped the space insurance market to take off, literally, when it covered the first satellite to be insured. It also has a reputation for quirky. Uh, you've got a good example, my, my guess here, of, of quirky. Well, speaking of quirky, I think it's quite quirky that we're all sitting in the same room today. So <laughs> absolutely delighted to see you all in the flesh. I've missed working with you guys. It's wonderful to be back together in the same room. I, um, I found out recently that my husband's favourite singer, Bruce Springsteen, his voice was insured at Lloyd's. So that was an interesting one. Yeah, I've also learned recently there's another kind of body part you wouldn't expect, but your taste buds. Um, so there was a famous British food critic who insured his taste buds for 400,000 back in the 50s. Um, yeah. Wow. And I, I was that person. I, I went on to Google and simply typed in weird things insured at, at Lloyd's and scanning down the list. The one that caught my eye was, was actually about beers. And I, I think it caught my eye because you know, throughout this working from home period, I think, you know, there's certainly been a few who have 
try to grow out their beards, my, myself included, and, and probably rather unsuccessfully, I might have. Um, hey, wearing a very the, fine beard, Matthew, <laughs> as I should say, is Eric. But, uh, Eric's is much better than mine, I have to say. Um, but apparently, uh, <laughs> the Derbyshire Whiskers Club, who knew, um, they insured their beards against fire and theft. And so I found it quite amusing that, well, a beard being stolen yeah. is quite funny. You're not worried about your beard being stolen. I would that, underwrite right? that every day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, a London market broker can walk into Lloyd's or any of the London market companies and sit down, start negotiating, and by the time she walks away, the chances are that a deal has been done. Up until March 2020, this is certainly how it usually works. However, in responding to the crisis over the last 12 months, the differences between London and the rest of the world have become more blurred. So I'd like to engage my guests now. Um, and um, so we, have, have we not learned from everything that has transpired in the last 12 months that physical proxi proximity is not the big deal that we thought it was? Aren't we able to get deals done from wherever, wherever we have a laptop and a half-decent internet connection? Zeno, Zeno. Um, I think the opposite, actually. I think one thing we've learned is that the reason why we've successfully transitioned to this way of working is because of the strength of the relationships that we've built over the years, that we've spent time traveling to the US, having our clients come to the US, spend our time talking face-to-face -face with our brokers, unpicking difficult deals and transactions together. And it's because of that really strong, rooted foundation that we've been able to pivot as well as we have as a market and continue with, you know, seamless service levels and, you know, and, and, and might I say, continue to, to transact business into a, into a hardening market and into an uncertain environment. I'm, I'm really proud of the way that we've transitioned, but I think it's really all down to that. It's down to the strength of those relationships. Yeah, we really agree, Matt. I absolutely agree, and I think the same will be could be said for those internal relationships. Um, you know, certainly when we switched to working from home, it was done so in, in, a, in a very short period of time. And I think you know a large part of the why the way that uh, things have worked so well over the last twelve months is, is really, as Zena said, down to the the strong relationships and the culture that we fostered over many many years. Um, you know, one of the things that our CEO pointed out to us was that if we had you know, planned to transition to working from home, we would have spent the best part of six months up to a year sort of planning this transition and how it was going to work out. The fact that we managed to do so in an incredibly short period of time and the fact it's been so seamless and you know, customer service levels have not dropped, um, communication has remained strong, is, is a really positive sign. Yeah, and I guess we do. We all know each other pretty well, don't we? It's a very small marketplace, really, when it comes down to it. You know, particularly within um, within a segment like like uh, financial lines, executive executive risks, that sort of thing, and um, you know, you tend to find yourself in that market, and you tend to find yourself staying in that market for uh, your career, and and so you know, by the time you've been around for ten or fifteen years, you know a lot of the people who are in that market. So I think I think I guess that really makes a difference. And we've been able to support each other. I mean, the fact that we do know each other so well, we've seen each other face to face year over year. We've, you know, we've helped each other through difficult times. This has been a really tough time. And I think that, you know, I have really benefited from the strengths of my relationships within the market. Just being able to call someone and say, 
this, this has been a tough week. I'm struggling here. Or how are you? What's going on with you? You know, and, and I think that's quite unique in our market, you know, that those, those, those friendships. And um, that's certainly helped me over the past year. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, having moved to London about two years, you know, very new in a lot of ways, but I, I've got to say the market here, the underwriters, the brokers, there's a good energy. There's a good um, level of, you know, respect and, and kind of cluck collaborativeness um, that, you know, for someone new to the market, you, I was able to kind of build relationships. And even within that two-year period, you know, these are things that are helping me get deals done. Um, and yeah, just kind of building off relationships prior to me joining the team, it's, it really does emphasize relationship is definitely a big, big aspect. In so I guess it's important that we don't lose that. How do we, how do we, meld the value proposition of the past, you know, these, this, this tight-knit community that can get deals done with the changing social patterns and, and in particular, I guess, the use of technology of the present and in the future? Well, I think, you know, certainly going forward, you know, working, the, the, the future of work is going to change and it would be a wasted opportunity um, to, to, to think otherwise. And so... You know, Monday to Friday, nine to five in the office. Um, I don't think that's going to be be the future, and and we have to accept that. And I think um, you know that flexibility has a lot of, a lot of benefits. Um, but we're not going to lose that. We're not going to lose that market facing. No, I, I, I think the two you know can the two have to coexist. You know, Do you? I mean, Matt, you're 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 an underwriter in Lloyd's. Do you anticipate that you'll see a reasonable proportion of your Brokers do a reasonable portion of your deals in, in Lloyd's in the next few, you know, again, once we're allowed back in the room. I sincerely hope so. Listen, you know, I've, over the course of, you know, the last year, I mean, if you'd said to me back in, you know, March 2020 that you know, you'd still be doing virtual client meetings um, a year from now, I simply wouldn't have believed you. Heaven help us if we, we are, <laughs> any longer. And, you know, and here we are now sort of going into round two of, of virtual client meetings. Now, obviously, it's fantastic that, you know, we've got Zoom and Teams and, you know, all the other platforms out there and, you know, with the correct sort of use of the mute button, you know, it's really <laughs> worked quite well um, ha having those platforms. But what's been really encouraging um, to hear from clients is how much they're looking forward to getting back to that face-to-face. -face. There's a huge amount to be said for those in-person meetings, that sharing of experiences, sharing best, best practice with clients, which I do think, you know, even though technology really has, you know, moved forward quite some way and will continue to develop, that still is, is, is massively important and, and will continue to be so in the future. I mean, I think that's been a resounding theme in, in client meetings over the past year is, you know, we miss seeing you in person. Wasn't it great when we got to see each other in person last year and how much we can't wait to do that again. And, you know, this is a, a really interesting time to have virtual meetings because it's just a very uncertain time and a lot of our clients are going through the same periods of uncertainty as we are but they're able to open up and share with us and be very frank about what what they see the challenges are because of the strength of the relationships that we've developed with them over the course of many years of seeing them face to face I think that's really important I think the other thing to mention is that this isn't really new I mean this this flexible style that we're looking forward to in the future for me is not something that's going to be very new. I mean, I started my uh, London market underwriting career in 2014. I had to operate flexibly. I had two very young children. We were two working parents. 
there was no, you know, for me, there was no real nine to five being chained at the desk that simply would not have worked for me. And so what we're going back to for me kind of feels more like the old normal for somebody who's been doing this and working this way quite successfully for a long time doesn't take away for me the importance of face-to-face meetings and those relationships that I've harvested over the years. It just hasn't been done in such a rigid way. Yeah, and I completely agree with Zina. You know, the technology has been there for some time now. It's just the, the pandemic really sped it up. Um, and so, I mean, if you look at PPL, for example, and, and the other platforms you know, that are in place that, that, you know, electronic trading, quite frankly, you know, this really saved the market over, over the last year. Yeah, I guess that's right. I mean, we we cursed PPL 18 months ago because it it felt clunky and, and quite difficult to use. And I guess we were all just kind of getting the to grips with it. If for our listeners, the PPL is the um, is the electronic placement platform um, that is used in Lloyd's in the London market for us. Um, and we've been strongly encouraged to use it over the last 18 months or so. Um, and we're using it a lot more enthusiastically today <laughs> than we were before. But you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I think, um, you know, technology has already been there. And if you like, this has been a, you know, an, an enforced transition for us that was probably not um, overdue. Uh, and we've all, and as a market, we've always leaned in to innovation and technology. Again, this is not something new. This is something that we've been developing over a long period of time. And we've, we've had these ideas and innovations and we've managed to push stuff through, um, even when the rest of the market, the domestic markets haven't quite, you know, been, been in the same position. But so we're not afraid of technology in this market, that's for sure. And so, I think... Sorry, Max. I was just picking up on you know that that key word that Zena mentioned is is innovation and looking to find ways that technology can improve the customer service, the customer experience, and it's something I would I would point to by way of example, and certainly something we continue to see improve is the quality of data. You know, by capturing good quality data, and the tools we now have available to us that are continually being developed. So we can slice and dice and look at this data from a multitude of perspectives and draw insights and and identify trends, ultimately leading to information, all that we can go back and share with our client. Not only does it help with pricing and ultimately risk selection, but it's also something we can feed back to our clients, which helps them to understand what we're seeing and the risk landscape that they're operating within. Um, And I think just bringing it all back to the face-to-face element, delivering those messages and those insights is is doing so in person. It's truly valuable. Doing London has moved ahead of the, of the US market in terms of in terms of capturing and using data. I think we have. I think the, one of the reasons why we have is because we collaborate like no other markets do. So we, you know, that we are this hive. And yes, we've been working from home, but I don't think anything's changed to that in terms of culture. And because we we do collaborate and because we do hold each other to account, we have been able to harvest data and share data with our clients like now with the market. And we have this great organization, Lloyd's, which, of course, consolidates the data of, you know, 60 or 70 different insurance organizations all, you know, into into one big collective. and um, they use that data to steer the course occasionally, not necessarily that that's always appreciated, but um, but it's important. And I guess that that's you know that that speaks to the innovation that goes on. There are some other innovations, aren't there? I mean, that Lloyd's has really led with this. You know, there's this key 
syndicate. Matt, you, you, you might know a bit about that. <laughs> yeah, so Key, which is, which is you know, for the listeners, is spelled K-I, uh, Key. It, you know, to me, really is a strong, strongest example of that, of innovation, being the first fully digital and algorithmically driven Lloyd syndicate marks a really significant point point in the world of insurance and, and digital trading. And I'm, you know, I'm really pleased that Brit have been a first mover in this regard. And at a high level, I hope, again, it, it shows people and shows our clients that London continues to look for ways to innovate and move forward. Nikia, it's a, it's a follow-only digital business, which through the platform, brokers can access anywhere, anytime, 24-7. And as long as certain criteria are filled in that, would be that you know it's following one of its various nominated leads in that class in question, then it will provide a line. So obviously it's very broker-centric approach um, and hugely data-driven. And I think importantly, whilst a syndicate has what we'd say we'd say a bionic brain, it has a human heart. And there are there are portfolio of um, underwriting team in place that are providing that oversight and support. So you've still got that element there. And and just to add on key, so um, on the placement side, we actually ran into a scenario recently where we had a client, um, kind of an unexpected last minute thing come up. Essentially, we had a bit of a last minute um, capacity to secure, and he fortunately was able to kind of save the day at the last minute. Uh, everything was very quick, automated, kind of a, a overall great process. So I think on the placement side, it's a great solution. I think we're going to start seeing kind of more of these come out. But from a practical standpoint, they've it's worked very well from, uh, for one of my clients. It's yeah. such a great compliment, isn't it, to, you know, sometimes we have really, really difficult and technical things that we need to sit down and talk about and unpick together, you know, to get two brains in a room and figure it out. And on the other side, you've got something like Key that can offer a solution, a really quick solution. And then those two things together, I think, are unmatched anywhere else, you know, in any other market. The fact that we can offer that sliding scale of service. It's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, from my own experience, I, I, I've been involved in innovation in, in, in the London market for 30 years. And, and whilst we don't always get it right, and I think back to, you know, two years that I spent involved in a project about 20 years ago where we were looking to completely digitize the market, which obviously wasn't successful at the time. But that, that laid the groundwork and it kind of pushed people forward into thinking about how these things are important. So, the most important thing, I think, and you know, the message I guess um, that we're all echoing here is that is that London is a place for innovation. Now, you only need to look at the um, the blueprint, the Lloyd's blueprint, which um, which is very significantly focused on how we can adopt new technology to do new things in terms of risk assessment, in terms of processing risk, in terms of distributing. Uh, the insurance that we um, that we provide, and um, and that makes London a, a a place that simply can't be ignored. The, the aggregation of all of these companies working together is is unique, as far as I can see in the in the market. What about Eric? I want to ask you a little bit. I mean, you, you spent um, the, the significant first portion of your career working in North America. I think you're from Canada originally, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, what, what, how do you how do you sell London today to your clients? I mean, when you're when you're speaking to them. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a great question. I mean, you know, a lot a lot of the clients that I work uh, for are, are either in Canada or the U.S., and you know, those clients have access to domestic markets. 
Um, but London continues to be a marketplace that, you know, a lot of the, you know, a broad range of clients will, will come to London. But basically, in my experience in the last two years here, London very much has a problem-solving attitude. Um, they're very open-minded. We'll be creative to try to find a solution for the client. Um, and I think that comes to, you know, the history and the experience that that is in this marketplace. Um, the underwriters here are, are seeing risks from around the world. There's a really good understanding of, you know, market developments, how everything ties into each other. So I think just kind of that international knowledge um, and just the capabilities as well. We, we do have a lot of global clients that need to have, you know, certain uh, policies in place within different countries. And there are certain benefits of having a Lloyd's um, basic insurer on your program for, for those reasons. But I think it's really, again, just kind of that openness to, to being creative and trying to come down to a solution. Um, we see a lot of funky risks come through Lloyd's and I think it, it does have that reputation. We will look at the hard stuff and we'll find a way to place it. Um, and yeah, I think it, it continues to have that reputation and we continue to see stuff come from different jurisdictions. We can place this, can, can you help us figure it out? And, and it's a good feeling when you're able to kind of step in and do that. Yeah, and it's encouraging as well to see a lot of the new startups, you know, the class of 2020, as they call it, you know, being based in London and, and particularly on the on the um, executive liability uh, side. You know, we've got some really great new startup teams moving to new fresh capacity and bringing fresh ideas. And I think yeah, we're all really excited. Well, particularly the brokers. Yes. You know, maybe you're not so excited, Matt. <laughs> <from Britain. laughs> Definitely on the U.S. Yeah, the U.S. domicile business. I mean, yeah. we're going to see quite a few new insurers come into that space this year, which which I think is going to be uh, at least from the broker side of it, um, a welcome. Yeah. Other ways. Yeah. But it should be very encouraging for our clients to know that people who have had long-standing and very very successful careers within the London market continue to want to you know, start new operations in that market and support this market. So, you know, that's something that I think should be extraordinarily encouraging for clients to know that these, you know, these longstanding individuals are st still continue to believe in the value of this market. Yeah, yeah good. Uh, we, 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 when we were talking about the, um, the reputation of Lloyd's, um, you know, I mean genuinely that it was founded on this on this experience that people um, had when when uh, the San Francisco earthquake struck and and Lloyd's was um, really the first responder and it for, forged that reputation for being great at paying claims. Does um, does that ring true today still? Do we think? Oh, absolutely. I think it absolutely rings true. I mean, I think the London market is here to pay claims to pay valid claims and what helps us do that more than any other market is our you know entrenched expertise within our claims teams you know london market claims professionals are you know more experienced than in any other market spend more time within their niche um, areas have deep rooted relationships with clients they spend as much face-to-face -face time with their clients as their underwriters do and so the way that they understand their businesses, the way that they understand how these claims work and operate um, really helps lend themselves to, to being able to do that very quickly and very efficiently. I, I moved out to Chicago um, and lived there for several years. And, and I think I would, the, the reason why I was lucky enough to get such a great role out there was because 
the company that hired me knew that I had Lloyd's claims experience and knew that that was something that would be very attractive for their clients. And so, you know, that reputation transcends across, you know, over the London market and into the domestic markets. Domestic, our domestic market colleagues know exactly the, the value proposition of our, of our claims professionals. Yeah, I would totally agree with, with, with what Zina is saying. I mean, at the end of the day, the claim service is, is what is being bought. And it's really where the rubber hits the road. And so it truly is central to the insurance process. And I think London, just to echo Zina's thoughts, has proven itself in, in working collaboratively with clients. And something that, you know, London places heavy emphasis on is, is making sure that there is that strong communication, not just between underwriter and client, but between claims personnel and client. And so if and when a client should experience a claim in the unfortunate event, they know they already know who they're dealing with. It's not someone, you know, new who's just stepped in, already met that person, hopefully in a face-to-face setting. You yeah, I mean, we always bring underwriters here at Brit. It, it, it's something that, you know, we really encourage is, is, is having our claims personnel meet with our clients to develop that relationship as early on in the process as, as possible. Yeah. And going to back to what you said um, a, a few minutes ago about data, Matt, I mean, I think that the, the claims data that we have within this market is second to none. And the fact that we're able to share that with our clients, too, and help them understand, like you say, their, their risk landscape, what's happened in the past, what's driving our thoughts about, you know, risk assessment going forward. That's that's been something that we've been really, really fortunate to have. And it really is an added value differentiator for our market. Absolutely. I think there's always been, um, I shouldn't say there's always been, but I think there have occasionally been criticisms of, you know, it being quite complex to to get a claim paid with, an, you know, on a slip where you've got 15 or 20 different underwriters. And I know that's less common today than it was 20 years ago, but it still happens. Um, are we doing anything to improve that? Are we, are we doing anything to make that easier? Well, you say it's less common than it was 20 years ago, but as the market has been transitioning, actually, we are finding slips are becoming more quota share heavy. So there are more and more participants in the slip. But what we've done as, as um, a market is we've, we've identified that actually this could just become cumbersome for the market, but more importantly for the client. And so, you know, we introduce things like um claims agreement parties, we introduce lead-only slips, we introduce a system where there's a single party um, agreement party. We also, you know, we, we, we're at the point now where we understand who, the, who our leaders are in this market and we spend enough time together to understand, you know what, I'm following this lead, I know exactly who their claims professional is, I've seen them on many occasions and I trust their, their assessment of this claim. And so we have that dynamic, that culture too, which I think, you know, shouldn't be overlooked. Um, but there, there are a lot. There are lots of processes in place that can really streamline the claims process, and I see them working every day. Yeah, and, and I think getting back to that relationship thing as well um, that we were talking about in the beginning, you know, maybe the point I'd like to kind of leave us with is the fact that we've settled claims in the last year that have been done in spite of the fact that we haven't been able to, you know, have have those those difficult meetings because these relationships have been established and, and, and the, 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 the face-to-face relationship, the personal relationship that London likes to bring um, is as vital to the claims process as it is to the underwriting process. I completely agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, 
It's been really fun chatting to you guys. Thank you very much indeed. I, I mean, just to, to, to summarise, I suppose, um, you know, I think what we've, what we've discussed today, that the things that always made London a special place to do business, with, you know, in the relationships that smooth the difficult conversations um, and that help us to encourage each other to invest in time, to innovate and develop products and getting claims paid fairly and efficiently, um, they're still there. It's just sometimes packaged a little differently, I guess, um, and will continue to be so. So I'd like to thank you, my guests, uh, Zena, Matthew and Eric, um, and thank you for listening to this PLUS podcast. If you have ideas that you would like considered for future podcasts, visit the PLUS website and complete the PLUS content idea form. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank Thanks, Max. Yes.